Hey everybody, happy Saturday morning. Thank you for joining me. This is Andrea Eppolito and I am super excited to be back after a three-week hiatus so that we can talk all things life, luxury, and above all else, love. First things first, I need to give a major shout out to three people who have actually taken the time to reach out to me to talk about the podcast, to thank me for it, and to create some new and interesting opportunities in my life. The first is DJ Ceasefire, who left me a really cool message on Instagram. Thank you so much for that. I got a message from Paulina of Paulina Clute Events the other day. She is another wedding planner here in Las Vegas. She is a colleague, a contemporary, a friend, and super supportive of everything I do. So thank you there. And also, I would like to give a little bit of a shout out and some love to a new listener and somebody that I'm going to be doing some very cool and fun stuff with. Her name is Amy. Amy works at Woods Edge Events, actually Woods Edge Farm is something that she and her husband owned. She found me on the podcast. We've been communicating and doing some incredible things together. So every now and then, if you send me a message, if you send me an Instagram, if you leave a comment, there's a very good chance you're going to hear your name on the podcast because the whole point of this is to be connected and interconnected and to bring people together from kind of all segments of the industry, all segments of life, all places. So to those big three people, thank you for your love, for your support, and just for being here on this kind of crazy ride. The second thing is, um, as I mentioned, it's been a three-week hiatus, and for that, I owe you guys an apology. I did this really kind of spectacular, amazing production of a wedding for a couple, and we're going to kind of dive into that in a minute, but I really thought like, ooh, it would be so interesting to bring people on the journey of my recovery. Like, what is it like when the wedding ends and you come down and you're kind of recouping, you know, mind, body, soul, spirit, all of those types of things. And I was going to try to make some notes and really kind of talk you through how I get over. Um, But sadly, I didn't get over. Sadly, I got really, really sick. I ended up with a bronchial infection, an ear infection, and a, a sinus infection, which meant that aside from the fact that I absolutely could not type, I certainly couldn't get on and speak or do a YouTube or anything like that. So the three-week hiatus was something that was not planned, and I apologize for that. Thank you guys for being patient with me. But it brought up a topic, and that was, should I be taping these things in advance, canning them, and then scheduling them to be pushed out for you? There have been a couple of people that reached out and said, hey, you know, I've been waiting for a new podcast. What's going on? And they were super great about understanding that I was sick, but there was the thought of like, maybe you should do this all at once. And I'm not going to lie. I don't I don't know how I feel. Part of me and I certainly understand the value of creating content in advance. I understand the value of scheduling it so that there's a level of consistency and you guys know what to expect from me when you want to kind of jump on and listen in and that it would certainly make my life easier and a little bit less stressful in terms of oh gosh, I have to jump on and tape this now. But on the other hand, One of the things that I really love about social media is that there's the ability to be truly organic and really authentic, which means if I don't have something interesting to say, I don't talk. If I don't have something that I love, I don't post. If I'm not feeling inspired, I don't write. 
And maybe it's selfish to put it that way, but I think that we're all kind of on this machine hamster wheel of you got to post three times a day, you got to publish your podcast every week, you got to get the blog out, you got to get YouTube out. And it's, we're all kind of crunching out stuff and not all of it's good. Oh, you know, we're all guilty of it in, you know, myself included, but I feel like there's more value when I jump on because I have something to say, because I miss you, because I want to talk, because you have asked me for information and I have a way to deliver it. So I'm torn on whether or not I'm going to pre-tape these or if I'm going to continue doing it organically. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Let me know what you want. And now we can kind of jump into the topic of the day, which is post-event, post-production, post-wedding recovery. Um, So as I mentioned, and if you follow me on social, especially Instagram stories and Snapchat and Facebook, you know that I've spent the last two years planning a truly epic amazing production of a wedding for a couple that I have come to really just know and adore and love. They are Danielle Gafari and CJ Watson. These two are high school sweethearts. They met here in Las Vegas. They were raised here. And as time went on, their lives took them in some really interesting directions around the world. CJ is an incredibly talented athlete who has played in Asia, in Europe, all throughout the world. He played for the NBA for quite some time. And he and Danielle kind of simultaneously while he was out building his career and building his brand and kind of, you know, doing all the things that he wanted to do as an athlete, they also built a family. So they have two beautiful girls. And after 16 years, 18 years, whatever it was, it was a very long time. Finally, we're in a place, not just in their lives and financially as adults, but as parents, as partners, as friends, as a couple, as lovers to where they wanted to have this wedding. And I was truly honored to be asked to do this. I, when we first talked, Danielle and I got on the phone and she's kind of telling me what she wants and she's sharing me pictures. And I had the feeling of like, this is going to be so much bigger. Like, I really think we're going to go and do something insane here. And I told her that. I said, I think that everything you're talking about right now is gorgeous. I said, but I get this feeling from you that we're really going to go and do something bigger than this. And we did. I I didn't even realize at first just how big the big was going to be. I didn't realize how much time and effort and energy was going to be committed to this wedding. I can tell you that Danielle and I took over 15 trips together. We traveled to New York, LA, Glendale, Beverly Hills, Orange County. We scoured the world and fashion week looking for not one, but two spectacular, perfect dresses, both of which came to us from Lavella. So if you haven't checked out Lavella yet, it's amazing. But, you know, we did, we brought in a team from all over. We brought in people from all different areas of the country, all different levels of the industry. People came in from Texas, from New York, from California. I mean, it was just this really, really big production with so many people and so much stuff. And on one hand, that gives you a level of kind of heightened anxiety of all of the different elements that you have to manage. But on the other hand, I went into this wedding feeling so ready. 
Like I truly knew I did my job. I planned this out to within an inch of my life. My timeline was meticulous and written to have, you know, contingency plans, A, B, and C. I was working with the absolute best of the best that I possibly could have pulled together to create this event in this moment for this couple. And so on one hand, as much as there was this heightened sense of OMG, there was also a really kind of level of calm of I knew that we were good. I knew that we were ready. I wasn't worried about things going wrong. I mean, we had this nailed down. And once you guys, like once the wedding is here, once it's happening, once we open that door and we load in our first chair, we're live. And what's going to happen is going to happen. All of the planning, all of the work, everything kind of comes together right then and there. And for this wedding, I mean, we had three days of install and teardown. The entire crew, including myself, slept in two and a half to three hour shifts because I couldn't go and get six hours of sleep and hope that the ceremony structure was built out the way that I wanted it to be. I needed to go in at 2 a.m. and 4 a.m. and 6 a.m. and make sure that it was happening the way it needed to. I couldn't just hope that the white carpeting looked right. I had to sit there and make sure that every bump and every bubble was smoothed out. I didn't have the ability to just kind of, you know, go and enjoy the rehearsal dinner, which was on a rooftop downtown. Super fun, crazy that it started to like thunderstorm and rain for 10 minutes in the middle of it. And as great as it was, you know, I was grabbing a quick bite in a back hallway with our photographer, Brian Leahy, and then rushing back across town so that I could go and look at flowers and make sure that the centerpieces were coming together properly. So, I mean, when when you're doing this, when you're on this kind of crazy train and your body is shot and your mind is shot, the craziest thing is at the end of the wedding, when we have all left it on the dance floor, when everything is done, all of a sudden, I'm fucking wired. Like I am, I am awake and I am super alert and my brain is running in multiple directions because I'm kind of sitting there and I'm replaying everything. Like I'm replaying when we pulled back the drapes and she got to walk down the aisle. I'm replaying the way that the guests gasped when they walked in to the room. I'm looking at the plates and I'm remembering the menu and saying, you know what, we were right to do the lasagna. It was a weird choice, but it was the thing that everybody loved. So like I'm going through all of these things and my brain just can't turn off. And at the same time, I'm watching loadout. At the same time, I've got 300 chairs that need to be, you know, disassembled, stacked, wrapped, and loaded. I have all of these insane mirror top tables with hanging crystals. Every crystal needs to be taken off individually. Every piece of glass needs to be removed. Everything needs to be cleaned. Everything needs to be wrapped. The band is unloading. I've got flowers coming down. I have guests asking if they can take flowers. I've got servers trying to clear the table. Like, there's so much stuff. And you would think that at the end of the wedding, you're exhausted. But what I find is that my adrenaline kicks in almost twice as hard. And now I can't sleep. So I tend to stay and kind of 
supervise the the teardown, which for this particular wedding started at 3 a.m., went until about 11 a.m. And I would go back up to my room. I'd sleep for a couple of hours, grab some coffee, come back down, go back and forth. And it was around noon that I finally packed up the last of my items. I loaded the last few things into my truck and I headed home. And that for me is when post-event recovery begins. And I don't know how everyone else does it, but I know that for me, the kind of the letdown and the the rest time is really, really important. And I've got a couple of like quirky, weird things that I do. And I thought that you guys might enjoy hearing about them because it's really behind the scenes, but it's also real life. And if you're somebody who's new to the industry, or if you're a dinosaur, like some of the rest of us are, and you're trying to figure out how to get better at, you know, bouncing back and recovering so that you can continue to make a living, have a life and be with your people. The first thing that I do after every one of these weddings is I drink a 1.5 liter bottle of Fiji water. Now, I've really been trying to cut back on the plastic, be more eco-conscious and do the right thing for the environment, but for some reason, there is something about an ice cold Fiji water that kind of like I can feel it moving through my body. And I think that I run so hot during the weddings that one of my first things to do on my recovery day is to take my internal temperature down. So I drink a 1.5 liter bottle of Fiji every single time. And in a very weird contrast, I typically drink it while I'm in a really hot bath. I love Dr. Teal's. It's like bath salts. And I buy the ultra, the ultra moisturizing mineral soak and it's got avocado oil in it. So a little bit of a smell, not a whole lot. Um, I'm somebody who like, I like mint on a day after a wedding. I like eucalyptus. So I'll put a couple of drops in my bathtub. I put my avocado moisturizing Dr. Teal's soak in and I drink this insane 1.5 liter bottle of Fiji. As soon as I get out of the bath, I literally hobble over to my bed and my husband brings me a cut watermelon, like an entire two pound watermelon that is also ice cold because I just got out of a hot bath and I eat two pounds of watermelon in bed and I review all of the pictures that I took the night before because I'm still kind of on a high of like, OMG, the pretty. And then eventually I pass out. And my husband knows that post-wedding weekend, post-event weekend, I'm useless. Um, and my kids know that. But the dog is always like snuggled into the nook behind my knee. And my kids will come in and check on me. And sometimes they'll lay with me. Sometimes they'll bring a book just to kind of be near mommy. And I love that because like I can feel the little bodies moving around. And I just sleep. And a couple of hours later, I always wake up thinking like, oh my God, I'm in such good shape. And I go downstairs and I cook something, whether it's like just for me to eat or for the whole family to eat. And I bring it over to the couch and we make a couch bed. And so we have this couch that kind of pulls out into a bed and we pour a bunch of pillows and a bunch of blankets on it. And sometimes it's just, well, no, I'm not gonna lie. I would like to tell you that it's like a really spectacular meal, but most times it's just like popcorn or soup or you know something 
um, that is a little salty because I'm dehydrated. So I do a little bit of salt. And then I drink another one and a half liter bottle of water. And I eat another watermelon. And then I sleep for another three hours. And at around seven or eight o'clock, I wake up and my husband is so good. He's always like, you cannot be responsible for cooking dinner. So we do takeout, which is always from either like Cheesecake Factory or recently we had Flower Child open up, which I love. Um, I don't do a lot of like Chinese takeout. I'm not somebody who carb loads on a regular basis. So I don't do like pizza or any of that. I want to have like everything that I want needs to be like super fresh. So I want like a big salad or I want sushi, which is kind of gross in my opinion to take out. So we don't do that. But I want something that feels like it's good food. I want something that feels really, really nourishing. And at 10 o'clock, I take another bath because at this point my body is just kind of coming into realizing how sore it is. Um, I find that like my knees and my hips feel it. And you would think that it's my feet because I work in Jimmy Choo's and I'm in like these five inch stilettos throughout most of the night, but it's not my feet. It's my knees and it's my hips. And I think it's because I'm constantly like bending up and down and going up and down and taking stairs and lifting things and carrying things or, you know, I'm hunched over in a weird position while I carry the bride's train. So you know, this kind of like mid waist to my knees area really suffers. And so then I jump back in, I take another bath, I typically drink some more water, and then I go to bed. And the next day, most of the time, I'm a little bit foggy, and so that's when I start adding in coffee. Like that's when I'm like, okay, I'll do some green tea, or I'll do a little bit of a regular coffee, but I'll do something that will get me kind of up and going. And at that point, by day two, I typically start coming out of it, which is how I knew something was wrong this time. When I didn't come out of it, I realized that something else was happening, and that's when I got sick. But as strange as it is with the watermelon and the water and the bath salts, that is my tried and true, you know, never fails me recovery process. And I think that it's important for you as you start doing more and more events or even as you start attending more and more events. I go through the same process when I come home from Engage. I go through the same process when I do my corporate functions. Um, I go through my same process a lot of times even after vacation. But having kind of a set of rituals, things that you know make you feel better, that help you quiet your brain, that help you kind of recover in your body, and that just calm you down is really, really important. And I don't know why watermelon does that for me, but it does. Um, I think that the water is pretty obvious. The bath is pretty obvious. And if the watermelon is like my one quirky thing, um, it sucks when it's not good. Like it sucks when it's not really in season. And on those times, my husband will freeze it for me so that it's ice cold. And I also don't realize if it was mushy. Um, But it's, I think that it's important for you to develop rituals that you know, make you feel good, that you know, make you feel better, that you can count on. Because as a professional in the wedding industry, whether you're a photographer, a florist, a planner, a server, you know, a a coordinator, if you're somebody who's just on the floor as an admin, whatever it is that you're actually 
doing, it takes such a toll on your body. And because it's such an emotional day and because it's so heightened, it does take a really big toll on your you know, just your brain and your spirit and how you feel and it's emotionally draining. And so to have something that makes you feel better is important. And I know that a lot of times I'll get asked like, God, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you're functioning after all of this. Well, now my friends, you know how I function. It is anywhere from three to five liters of Fiji water, a watermelon and an avocado oil bath soak. So this is just kind of one of those things that I wanted to talk about. If there's anyone out there who has something that they do post-wedding that they want to share, I would love to hear it because as time goes on and I, I have less time or I have more work or my kids have more responsibilities and there's all of these things happening in life, I'm really trying to refine my process and figure out how I can be better at bouncing back. And if you have any ritual of pre-wedding or pre-event things that you do to kind of get your game face on. For me, it's I I read, 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 and read again my my timeline. I actually sometimes will read it out loud. I plot it out in like, I write it linear. I write it east to west, I will put it on a chart. Like I go over that timeline so many times because on the day of the wedding, I actually don't typically look at it and I don't check it because it's ingrained in my brain and it's muscle memory and I know it so, so well. But if you have anything that you do pre-wedding, whether it's a cold shower, a hot bath, a quick workout, yoga, meditation, I would love to hear what those things are. And if you are interested in coming on the podcast and sharing them with the rest of us, we are up to over 300 active listeners, which is pretty fantastic and really you know, amazing to me that there are so many of you out there in the world that are interested very specifically in weddings, but also in some of the other fun things that we have going on, whether it's books that we're reading or jewelry that we're loving or, you know, little luxury purchases and creature comforts that are making all of our lives better. I think it's fantastic that we're building this community and that so many of you want to come talk. So if you have something to say, if you want to talk about anything and everything, this platform is here for you. I would love to host you on it. Let me know when you're available. Reach out to me. You you can find me online. I am at www.andreaepolitoevents.com. That's A-N-D-R-E-A, E like Edward, two P's like Paul, O-L-I-T-O-E-V-E-N-T-S.com. And I am socially everywhere, a little social butterfly. You can find me just by typing in at Andrea Eppolito. That's on Instagram, on Snapchat, on Facebook, and on Twitter. Um, I am where the people are. So wherever it is you are, hopefully you can find me. Hopefully you can connect. Again, I am so sorry about the three-week delay. You deserve better. So I promise to be better. My adorable gorgeous little savage children will go back to school on Monday and I promise you a much more consistent show from then on. Until then, you guys have a great weekend. I cannot wait to talk to you all again next week. Big love from me to you and here's to the end of summer.